Hello, and welcome back to episode 7 of String the Strings of Pearl Fire. Um, today is another day that I read my stories within my drive. So this one is dedicated to a story I wrote when I was a sophomore in high school, and... I was in geometry class, and of course I was bored because I didn't take an honors class because I thought, eh, eh, well, honors algebra 2 was difficult only because younger people were smarter than me and my ego was bigger than I thought I could be. So anyway, I didn't do it and I regretted it. But my crush was also in geometry class and he and I were both bored out of our minds due to the signs that I saw from him. So, this was written November 21st, 2019. It's called Emerald and Sapphire Bone. And I did put this, just a disclaimer, this story may or may not have PG-13 imagery and thoughts. This is a small warning. And then I was talking to my friend saying, this is what happens when your crush falls asleep in geometry class and you think it's adorable. And since all you've been thinking about are his eyes, you take out a pencil and your geometry notebook and begin to write. So this is Emerald and Sapphire Bone, written when my crush was asleep before a quiz. And I thought it was absolutely hilarious and adorable. So the girl's point of view. I see his eyes and my heart stops. They are like pools of the deepest chocolate. His hair is as black as night, but his face pale like a blue moon. As he emerges from the ocean, I can't help but bite the inside of my cheek and watch the salty rain drip off his glistening body. It is toned with muscle and strength. Everything is glorious. He wears black swim trunks in his confidence like a crown. I slyly smile into my book, adjust my sunglasses, and pull my sun hat lower over my eyes so I can watch him, but still be seemingly oblivious to what has handsomely emerged from the waves. I hear giggles and whispers from all around. I've noticed there are other couplets of girls who have also taken a fancy to him. But as I look in their direction, I see that they've got their sights set on a bronze-skinned Portuguese with laughing brown eyes and a blinding white smile. His hair is honey-colored and flowing over his shoulders, and he has the body of a god and a heart of an angel. I smile, but focus back on my book. I feel thirsty, so I place my hand on my empty onyx water bottle and fill it to the top with ice-cold water. I've had the powers of Avalon Geoneptulus since I was three, but I've kept it to myself. Avalon means ice or snow, Geo means earth, and Neptulus means water. So I have the powers of ice and snow, earth and water. I was born a smart little genius, but the intelligent part of my brain built up walls around itself, so only the child part was allowed to learn, just like normal children. When I hit my head on the rock after cliff diving in Ireland, I discovered the volume of my powers. When I'd woken up after being unconscious in a hospital in Dublin, I saw that I had the scar on my face. It cut from the middle of my forehead, the top of my hairline, to the bottom right-hand corner of my jawline. The doctors told me that I'd hit a rock with the minerals of zinc, sapphire, garnet, and emerald, and they'd gotten under my skin and and seeped into my blood. 
The impact and intrusion in my blood caused the wound to be infected with emerald and sapphire, the dominant minerals. This led to a green-blue bone that appeared beneath the scar's flesh. So, I have a scar down my face that has the flesh of emerald and sapphire bone. My discovery of my volume of powers affected the dominance of the gemstones prying from my face. Blue-green resembles the ocean, ocean life. The blue resembles ice and snow, the deep coldness of winter. The green represents life, earth, the evergreen forest, connection with trees, life, earth, and the pureness of nature. I sip the ice water from my water bottle and stretch. As I stretch out my arms, I sneak a peek at the hottie who has exited the ocean and stretched out on his towel. He has fallen asleep. I gaze at his sleeping form and smile. I go to drink from my water bottle again, but alarmingly I find that the water inside is quivering and my hands start to shake. Nothing else is moving. Nobody has noticed. I look past my umbrella and look at the sky. The sun is hot and the sky is clear. Nothing is different except for a strange happening. The tide is receding far out to sea. I begin to read faster and my heart rate ticks go up. I look at the sea and see a massive horizon of water far in the distance. I place my hands on the sand and feel tremendous vibrations. The wall of water is approaching fast. I start to hear shouts and see enormous crowds of people swarming towards the parking lot, the speed limit signs and rails of the road being knocked over and flattened by the parade of cars that are frantically trying to get away from the beach. But I notice the guy hasn't even noticed. In fact, he's wearing soundproof headphones in and out like a light. I hurriedly take all my stuff to the car, and then call roots from beneath the asphalt and have them pull my car into the ground tighter than a redwood's roots. Then I walk towards the ocean. I look back and see there is no one at the beach except him. I walk into the water and it parts around my ankles. The wind catches my hair and whips it behind me. I play with the water vapors in the air and feel strands of ocean curl around my fingertips. Then, I push the water back until the tsunami is towering thousands of feet in the air. It is in a semicircle around me, a deep blue and green wall of water in the blackness of the ocean's abyss lingering. I began to freeze the barrier with my avalangio nuptialis. I signal it to keep holding back the water, and then I run over to the boy. I shake him awake, and he looks at me annoyingly. What? Look, I simply say, pointing behind me. His eyes become wide like dinner plates, and I can see him start to panic. Don't panic, I say with a hand on his shoulder. My heart rate jumps as my fingers trace the rock-hard shoulder muscle. Take these. I open my palm to reveal two pills, one mint green and the other turquoise blue. He picks them up gingerly and looks at me confused. Why? What will they do? He asks. I hand him my onyx water bottle. He takes it and then looks at me. I smile and say, they will give you the power of breathing underwater. Sure, like that's true, he says nervously, as he hears the cracking of the ice against the heavy force of the water. I look over my shoulder and see that the water is straining against the ice. I turn back to him to whom has swallowed the pills. He holds my water bottle to me. I touch the onyx stone on the side and the bottle folds into the stone. I tuck the stone into a pocket in my suit and tie back my hair tight as a bowstring. I gather his things and have roots from the ground carefully cradle them and pull them into the sand until they are snug in the earth. Wrap your arms around my back, I urge him. The guy obliges and rather awkwardly wraps his muscular arms around me. I ignore my 
body's response to his hands around me. But it is like a tattoo within my brain. It sends rivers of lightning throughout my entire body. I strap an onyx bracelet on his wrist. This will keep us connected, I say. I release my icy hold on the barrier, and I feel my zap power zap back to me. I feel strong, and I feel stronger than ever. The wall of water drops down and hits the beach with a boom. I turn it, um... The waves and mountains of water slam into our bodies. I grip the sand and my roots grow deep into the ground. I turn into the current and crawl into the waves, the guide tightly clinging to my back. I turn back and see the beach, the city, and all the debris. I quickly searched his brain waves, wave to see where he was staying, found it, and sent a protective shield dome over the hotel so his stuff isn't destroyed. I make another force field and apply it to my own place where I am staying. Then I gather my strength and swim against the currents and out to the open ocean, and then towards a cliff and the ocean level with coral reefs and colorful fish. At the edge of the reef cliff, I unclasped the guy's arms from my neck and found that he had lost consciousness. I feel for his pulse and it's beating steadily. I see bubbles come out of his mouth and water go into the gills that have appeared on the side of his neck, under his soft ears and strongly cut jawline. Huh, I say out loud, bubbles appearing out of the corner of my mouth. I bet he thought I was kidding and passed out for holding his breath too long. I examined his lower half and saw that his trunks had fused into his tail. His tail is a beautiful shimmering royal blue and black tail. Royal blue and black color that has formed in place of his legs. He looks gorgeous, all toned and shimmering. I reconnected the onyx stone from his wrist onto a silver chain with a silver cross on it. Then I trace the ribbons of the fins at the bottom of the tail, and I see his eyes twitch and his tail move out of the way from the ridiculous sensation. I quickly kiss his gills to make to keep this underwater figure as long as he is completely submerged, and then dive off the cliff to swim into the shallow, colorful cave that changed into my true form. I twirl the ocean's waves around my fingers and motion it to weave around my body. My magic takes over. A tail of sapphire and emerald scales weaves around my legs. They disappear into the tail's folds along with the bottom piece part of my one-piece onyx-colored suit. The scales fade into an onyx black where they end at my waist. My top is like sea silk and shimmers in the sun rays. I let loose my hair and it floats around me. I have a huge, large halo of honey-colored hair. The sun reflects off of it and casts beautiful glimmers on the reef. I twirl as a swarm of fish swirl around me like a ribbon of color. I do a backflip laughing because the feeling I've missed when having a tail. I swim back to the ledge where I left the boy. I see that he's awakened, but fiercely rubbing at his eyes and trying to see. I swam over to his face and lightly kissed his eyes. Then I hid down the cliff and laid, it, laid down on the sun-warmed rock and closed my eyes. The boy's point of view. Next part. I wake up with a gasp and try to see, but I can't and began furiously rubbing at my eyes. Suddenly, I feel soft lips upon them and the sting of salt is gone. I open my eyes and see that I am surrounded by a beautiful reef. Fish swim in a colorful whirlwind. Rays swim overhead and hermit crabs counsel each other in semicircles of shells. One starfish lazy latches itself on my arm and it feels very odd. And I notice the sun and then I am blinded for a second by a glimmer that is near my legs. But wait, 
My legs are gone. A glistening royal blue and black tails in place of my legs. The scales begin on my navel. I move up and attempt to swim. It's difficult at first, but because I've been working out for years and I have natural muscles, I get the hang of it. Soon, I'm back flipping, flipping over and through the fish. I found the cliff where I'd woken up and peered over the edge. I'd spotted sun rays and I tracked down where they had landed. They ended at they ended a sunlit rock. My eyes find a mermaid. Her tail has emerald and sapphire scales. She wears a black suit that ripples like silk. She has gorgeous honey-colored hair that floats in a sun-reflecting halo around her body. I swim closer and notice something bizarre about the mermaid. She has a scar that is a vibrant green-blue, and it strikes from the middle of her forehead to the bottom right-hand corner of her jawline. All of a sudden, everything comes floating back, literally. The girl who saved me has a scar exactly like the one the mermaid has. I also remember pills that I had swallowed. I scratch the side of my neck and then feel slits in the side. My heart races, then I feel the water being pulled and pushed out of my neck as I breathe. This brings the question up to my head. Does she have gills as I have? I swim right up close to the mermaid and gently move her hair out of the way of her neck, but I do not find any. Not even when I roll her over and try to feel them on the other side. By accident, I tickle the underside of her ear, and she twitches, and then rolls off the rock into a sunny patch of seagrass and a warm sand. Surprisingly, it is really soft. I pick her up and swarm over to the sunniest spot in the sea field. When I place her down, I see her sleepily burrow into the sand. The warm, hot sand covers her waist and just set to the edge of the top of her tail. I stroke the ribbons of fins as she makes a small noise and buries the tail in the sand. I feel a strange thing on my arm and take notice of the starfish. It unsticks and twirls until it gets over to her outstretched hand. There is a weird sensation that I feel has fallen over me, almost like an invisible magic rope pulling me towards her. My hand is being pulled without my command to latch my hand onto the mermaids. The starfish places its tentacles in both of our hands. Immediately, an intense electric shock zaps through my body. Then I feel myself lose consciousness. Part 3. The Girl's Point of View I sleepily feel myself being lifted up and laid down on the sand. I burrow into it when I feel that it is very warm. I begin to fall asleep more deeply. When I feel a ticklish sensation on my fins, I can't help but let loose a soft giggle and then bury my tail deeper out of sight. I crack an eye that is half hidden by my hair. I see a starfish twirl over to my hand and then half to it. I then see the guy that has adapted to his merman form. He looks very handsome, but in his eyes he has a weird entranced look and is moving towards me in a zombie-like manner. I see his hand move as if it's being pulled by an invisible rope. When he touches my hand and the starfish lashes onto both of ours, I feel an electrifying zap, shock that zaps through my body. My eyes are slammed shut, and my body rises above the sand. The starfish is still connecting our hands now. We are unconsciously have clasped hands as if our lives depended on it. After a few minutes, I am able to open my eyes. It feels like I am stuck in slow motion. I find that I am suspended in air by a strange magical presence that feels oddly like the ocean currents. The guy is floating above me in some for sort of sleeping form. The onyx gem that I had added to his chain is glowing. A circle of blue and green has formed around the gem. The glowing starts to intensify. I feel my hands being pulled to his gym without command.
Once my fingertips touch it, the boy's eyes fly open. They are darkly coated with a ravenous hunger. It is like a predator cornering its prey, yet not with a look of hunger. His look had my soul hidden within my spirit. It was full of lust, and I felt like I lay before him exposed. Suddenly, my spirit is yanked back into my body by an invisible force. I see the boy waking up from his trance, but yet I still somehow feel the hunger in his eyes. I see him cradling my body, and then I feel him zing. I opened my eyes and saw him an inch from my face, his eyes tracing my lips. I pull him in, and our lips slide perfectly together. Fireworks go off behind my eyes, in my heart, throughout my brain. I tangle my fingers in his silky hair, and he deepens the kiss. Suddenly, I feel a release and see that he has blacked out. I swim with him in my arms back to the beach where we met. My fins turned into legs, and my suit reappeared. The boy's trunks and legs had reappeared too. I look. I overlook the beach. The waves have wrecked the beach. Sand covers the parking lot with feet. Trees and debris have destroyed beach houses and abandoned cars. I command my roots to upbring his car and things. I put them. I put the things in his car, and then in his sleeping form. I find where he is staying from a note saying "Grand Hotel La Florida, Barcelona, Spain." I travel deep into my magic, and out of my back springs giant golden white wings, and my feet become giant eagle claws with talons that are three inches in length and an inch in width. I climb the air with my strength-filled limbs, like one would climb a flight of stairs. I grab the car in my claws and fly invisibly to Gran Hotel La Florida, which is 14 miles from Barcelona Beach, Spain. I gently drop his car with him in it in the parking lot after opening a door in my force field and then closing it again. I leave a note on a dashboard and it says, I am the currents of the ocean, the wings of the air, ice in the winter and evergreen in nature. When you yearn for my company, breathe upon the onyx stone and say Avalon Geonatulus and I will appear. Finally, I leave with the lingering smell of sea salt, fly back to the devastated beach, uproot all my things in my car, and drive the rented vehicle back to my dome-covered beach house that I had rented for a couple months. I transport back without my wings and take an ice-cold shower. When packing up things I had arranged around the house, I quickly changed into a sleeveless camo top, cargo shorts, sneakers, and tied my hair up into a braided bun with an additional camouflage bandana. I strap on my watch, ablaze my shoes, and lock up the beach house. Eventually, I'm all set in the car, and I drive to an airport that hasn't been destroyed by the tsunami. I find that all flights are canceled, but then I, what, as I tell the flight attendant who I am, she smiles at me brightly and leads me to a secret behind-the-scenes part of the airport. Airport. Professionally, I arrange a flight to Augusta, Maine, with a few exceptions of transitions and stops because I'm flying over many countries and into others. Four months later. I am hiking in the woods one beautiful fall morning when I feel my onyx stone vibrate. I shift into my eagle spirit and fly back to my house and drop off my things. Then I call upon my magic and it turns me into a crystal form and soon I am portaling through space and dimensional time until my travel takes a twist in the purple star clouds and shoots toward Cleveland, Ohio. I find myself by a lake laying on a grassy riverbed bank. I see the boy crouching by the water's edge, eyes glazed over, as I see the reflection of the river in his eyes. 
He turns and his eyes spark. Hello again. Hello, what is your name? Onyx Oceana. I'm Ethan Cross. Pleasure, sir. No, it's my pleasure, ma'am, he said with a smile. On that thought, may I finish that kiss that I blacked out on? Certainly, sir, with divine pleasure. My fingers slide into his silky black hair as he cradles my body and deeply kisses me. When we come up for air, he asks a funny question. Are you ticklish by any chance? Yes. I hold out the yes as I answer cautiously. Why do you ask? Oh, no reason. He ends the sentence with a smirk that is quickly hidden by the turn of its head and pulling away from his body. I miss the warmth, but then I suddenly erupt into giggles. No! Not my feet! I wriggle and squirm as his talented fingers tickle my feet after shedding my shoes. He has a triumphant look spread across his face. I knew it! He yells. You weren't asleep when I tickled your fins! With that accusation, the all-too-familiar incident pops into my head. I can't help but let my smile grow wide, and before long, when Ethan looked up from tickling me, his smirk vanishes like lightning in a storm. No, 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 you are not! I tackle him, strip off his shoes, and attempt my attack. As the sun rays brush the top of the pines, our laughter echoed throughout the lake, across the lake. And that is... Emerald and Sapphire Bone. I know it was long, but that was, it was literally me. That was literally what the story was. It, yeah, that was that was it. Wrote that sophomore year, man. It's all a lot. I think it was a footnote. I said yes to my friend. I did actually find the distance between Barcelona Beach and Grano de la Florida. So, you know, it's what happens when you know you like somebody and write a story about them. So, it's kind of funny. It's really, it's really weird reminiscing on how you used to be and like how you were years back. Sorry, I'm just right now. I am fixing. Okay, so that is the end of episode, um, I think it's seven. I'm not positive. Um, thank you for listening to this podcast, and I hope you all have a wonderful day. Good day.